We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. All right. Third and final hour of this Wednesday edition is underway now. It's seven minutes past 11 o'clock. It is a Wednesday. It is Valentine's Day Wednesday. It also happens to be Ash Wednesday. So happy Valentine's Day to the lovers and uh, a very blessed Ash Wednesday to those uh, beginning the... uh, uh, season of Lent, which of course is the holiest season on the entire Catholic calendar. And we know there are a lot of people to whom that applies. It is also the 14th morning of the second month in the year of our Lord, 2024. Thanks to, um, tremendous guests. We've had just a very busy day today. Bernie uh, Marino. Senate candidate, uh, spoke with us in hour number one. That interview, by the way, is now posted separately at whkradio.com for your, um, uh, approval, or excuse me, for your perusal and for your approval. Let me know what you think of it because, uh, it's very important issues that he addressed. And we're going to have Frank LaRose and Matt Dolan, if we can get them both on. Uh, to talk about those very, very same issues. But you're going to want to hear what Bernie had to say, especially in response to the WKYC uh, piece on uh, on his legal situation. So we had that in hour number one. We had Bruce Eberly, author of Choose Freedom, in hour number two. We just finished a great conversation with retired Colonel John Mills about the deep state. And now we want to turn our attention to Cleveland. If you didn't see it, there was an ad uh, on Super Bowl Sunday that was run by the Cleveland Tourism Board, otherwise known as Destination Cle- uh, Cleveland. And this ad was aired during the not actual game, because that would have cost $7 million for a 30-second ad, but it was aired during the Puppy Bowl as part of the pregame ceremony. I did not see it live. I had somebody call me on the program and tell me this uh, about the ad. And so I looked it up, and I watched it, and I found it very, very interesting, including some of the content within that ad. Cute ad. Uh, 
having a dog kind of wandering around Cleveland and uh, uh, seeing all of the different things that tourists can see. So they, they played into the puppy bull angle, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there were some questions that were raised by the content of that ad, and so I asked Seth to reach out to Destination Cleveland to talk about those. And Emily Lauer, Vice President of PR and Communications, was kind enough to say, yeah, we can talk about it. So she joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Emily, it's good to have you on the program. How are you? Good morning, Bob. I'm great. And yourself? Wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on. I appreciate what the, the the board does, too. Is it fair to call Destination Cleveland basically the tourism board of the city? We are the only organization that promotes Cleveland outside of Cleveland to get okay. visitors to come to Cleveland, as well as um, the halo effect of that, and that's getting people interested in moving to Cleveland. There you go. All right. So I think that's a fair way to describe it. I certainly want to make sure I'm branding it properly when I talk about Destination yeah. Cleveland. So, so it is a very important organization and a good organization with great, um, uh, a, a, a very great responsibility here. And that is to do exactly as you said, grow the city in terms of population and of course, in terms of revenue and, and visitors and so forth. David Gilbert, who's the president and the CEO is a very good man. I got to know him some when I used to do sports radio and used to do the great, the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards that he, of course, was in charge of as well. Good man. I really, really appreciate him and uh, so many of the others who work on that uh, uh, in your organization. So I want to talk about the ad on Super Bowl Sunday. And to describe it for people who are listening to radio now, you don't have the benefit of the video. You know, there's a cute dog. It's a bulldog. Is a bulldog? What, what it is an English bulldog. English yeah. bulldog. Okay, good. I had my breeds right. So a cute little English bulldog is kind of wandering the city, shows up at a Browns tailgate party. It's cute. Uh, guys are sitting there throwing the ball to him and whatnot. And uh, see him in restaurants and, you know, people eating by the lake, uh, which is uh, very uniquely Cleveland as well. Street performers playing guitars. It looks like a concert at one of the venues he was in. And the Capitol Theaters feature all things that are, you know, they just scream Cleveland and the land. Very unique to our city. And all of those things are wonderful. First of all, uh, tell me about the idea and the concept of tying it into the Puppy Bowl. Well, Bob, you know, you mentioned in the intro that uh, airtime on Super Bowl Sunday is uh, pretty pricey. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were looking for a way to be creative and bold, but perhaps not with um, an exorbitant price tag for Cleveland. So we um, worked with our ad, our ad agency out in Kansas City, MMGY Global. Been working with them since we launched the Cleveland brand back in 2014. And they came to, the, to us with this idea. You know, really, the puppy bowl kind of, you think about the tie, of course, the dog pound, um, you know, a kind of a different perspective on visiting Cleveland. Um, and so we went with the dog's day off in Cleveland and have had a lot of great response to the ad. Yeah, well, and you should, because uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's a very cute ad, and it features a lot of the great things about Cleveland. By the way, I didn't know what you just said until you said it. I'm curious, and no disrespect to the agency in Kansas City, but I'm surprised that Destination Cleveland doesn't use an ad agency based in Cleveland. Any particular reason why? Well, well, so, you know, it's it's a question we've had before, and we do use agencies in Cleveland. Um, from For this project and for the brand, though, um, if you think about who we're trying to attract to Cleveland, it's people who live outside of Cleveland. And so while Clevelanders are very positive about Cleveland, you know, really energetic about recommending Cleveland as a destination, 
when you're trying to get someone from outside, we found that it was helpful to have that outside perspective in helping us you know, create the Cleveland brand and all that is around it, right? Because they're exactly who we're trying to attract. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, and I'm glad to know that you do use Cleveland agencies as well, because obviously that's the whole point here is to try to promote Cleveland, Cleveland companies, employees, and so on and so forth. Now, so the ad is is cute. It's it's fun. It's family friendly. It's it's you know it's the dog going to all of these different places and uh, plays perfectly into the puppy bowl at a reasonable price, as opposed to during the football game, and that is all well and good. But now the hard part, Emily. Why is the dog going into a drag show? And wearing a T-shirt that says, Tip Your Queens. How does a family-friendly commercial, which is intended to draw families to experience Cleveland-centric things, include a show that is controversial, to say the least, particularly in this moment in time, but would be any time, you know, featuring men dressing in outlandish and garish and provocative costumes, encouraging the tipping of said men, Tell me the thinking of including that in with Brown's tailgating, uh, playoff square, theaters, eating by the lake, and so forth. Tell me how that fits in the family-friendly messaging of the ad. Well, so, Bob, you know, your interpretation is that it is uh, intended for families. And absolutely, we work to attract families to Cleveland. But we also work to attract people who are single, couples who don't have children. So our audience is broader than just families. And so... In our job, right, we need to represent all of Cleveland and, you know, the diverse community that we are, people of all interests and backgrounds. And so the visitor, our, our, all of our work is based on research. And what our research tells us is that it is a variety of experiences that people who are interested in Cleveland are interested in experiencing when they're here. And so when we looked at things like music and entertainment, uh, the Browns tailgate you talked about, right? Drag shows and the LGBTQ community are a part of what makes Cleveland Cleveland. And so we wanted to ensure that the ad was welcoming to all visitors, not just one certain segment. Emily, you put it on during the puppy bowl. It's the puppy yes. bowl. It's, it's kids. Yes. It's the puppy bowl. You didn't. If you put that ad on and have that portion of it during RuPaul's whatever show that she's on or he's on or whatever, I mean, I get it. You're trying to appeal to a different, diverse customer base. I get it. This is the puppy bowl. This is family time in front of the TV on Super Bowl Sunday. Little kids um, are, are 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 not, in my estimation, and I'm sure parents probably feel the same way, uh, we don't want their little kids being, what What does it mean to tip your queens? Uh, you know, what does that mean? Why is the dog wearing a tip your queens thing? And why is that man running around on stage in a in a, in a sequined, uh, uh, t- uh, skin-tight leotard? Um, it, it's a bizarre thing to try to present on a family show, on a family day, not to a niche audience, which again, I get it. You want to, you want to draw money and tourists and visitors from all over in a diverse, uh, in a way, and that's fine. But you would think that there would be targeted audiences for certain things. And I think targeting family day during the puppy ball with drag queens and a drag queen, I mean, a, uh, tip your queen's t-shirt on the, on the dog. It's kind of a tough mix. Bob, you know, you and your listeners, I understand there was a call earlier this week, absolutely entitled to, to your opinion on, on the ad and what should and shouldn't be included. You know, we respect that. Um, we 
as I said, you know, look to welcome all types of visitors and represent the entire community. Um, in a 30-second ad, that was maybe five seconds of it, if that, probably yeah. um, fewer than that. So um, we were comfortable with our decision to include that as part of the full array of experiences that we included in the ad. How much of a role does DEI play in Destination Cleveland? And I ask this after viewing the website, uh, thisiscleveland.com, and looking at your staff, again, of people for whom I have a great deal of respect, or the ones that I know, like Dave, for example, uh, David Gilbert. Um, I'm perusing the staff page, and I'm noticing in great big, uh, bold font letters, names of the individuals, and then a series of pronouns by which these individuals, um, I guess, choose to be identified. Can you tell me, in a again, if your goal is to reach a broad base of people, the broadest possible, quite frankly, because you want to bring as much money and revenue and persons to the city to either visit or live as, as possible, um, that is a very, very niched, niche um, uh percentage of the population, a very tiny percentage of the population that wants to identify themselves as something other than what they are obviously by, by, by observation. Why is it so important to put all of these pronouns on the Destination Cleveland website? So you, your original question, Bob, was about the role that DEI plays at Destination Cleveland. Yeah. And it plays a very important role, and it always has. And for us, that means walking the talk. And we, the, the names that you see on the website, each of those individuals had the opportunity to make a decision as to whether they wanted to have their pronouns listed. And I believe it's every, every member of our leadership team does from an inclusivity perspective. And the, those were individual decisions. I can't speak to each person's Yeah, but are uh, they really, there? though, if I may? I'm sorry, Emily. And we're talking yeah. with Emily Lauer, by the way, Vice President of PR and Communications for Destination Cleveland. You know, I, 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 kind of, I kind of, you know, look with a side eye toward things like that because you know and I know that in this very bizarre time of this massive spike in, 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 uh, uh, different self-identifications and so forth, that anybody that doesn't go with the flow and go along with the, with the trend, they're ostracized. Um, in other words, if you're given a choice, quote-unquote choice, as to whether or not you want to put pronouns next to your name on the, on, on the company website, and you choose not to, you are identifying yourself as somebody who is not part of the ally, uh, the, the, you know, not, not an ally to the community, and nobody wants to go through that. So you may call it a choice, but you know full well nobody's going to choose if everybody else is going with the pronoun flow to say, not me, because now you become a, a homophobe or a transphobe in the eyes of, of so many others. This is happening everywhere. It's not just Destination Cleveland. Bob, I, I respect your perspective on that. I can tell you that we have um, very strong individual personalities on our leadership team. And if someone felt strongly about not including them, they wouldn't be there. And, you know, inclusion is a value of Destination Cleveland. You know, we 
as but you, but you know, Emily, as well as I do, that inclusion literally marches hand in hand with exclusion. If you're trying to include a very, very small percentage of the population and you see those who don't go along with it being ostracized, canceled, uh, you know, made made to feel shame for not being an ally and so forth, they, they literally become excluded. They don't have the freedom to say what they really believe. They don't say they don't they don't have the ability to say, look, if you're a female, you're a she and a her. You're not a they. There's only one of you. Strict grammar rules tell us, you know, what we're supposed to use here. And I know if I say that out loud, I'm either going to lose my job or I'm going to lose my friends or I'm going to be the outcast in the company. You're, you're not. So you are by being inclusive by the very definition of it, hand in hand, excluding people who want to say what they really feel but can't. We have individuals in our organization who absolutely say how they feel, and it is not always, you know, how the majority feels. So, you know, I I can't tell you how it is anywhere else, but I can tell you at Destination Cleveland, um, we value people's opinions and we respect people's opinions, even if they are different than the majority of of our the rest of our team and that's okay that's actually what makes us a great team to represent cleveland because we are representing all of those views um one one last question for you emily and i appreciate your willingness to come on and explain this to me um and to everybody listening um you say dei plays a very big role in destination cleveland does the board hire based on diversity and equity and inclusion models or quotas we absolutely do not um, make hiring decisions based on background and other characteristics related to DEI. We are looking to have individuals on our team who will best represent Cleveland, bring great perspectives and great experience, and be able to fill the need for the roles that are available. I'm very glad to hear that. The only reason I ask it is, of course, because when you say DEI is is, is prominent in the way that Destination Cleveland is run, um, as you know, DEI typically refers to looking for um, uh, equitable outcomes when it comes to, you know, um, demographics, when it comes to based on race or based on sexuality or sexual orientation or self-identification or whatever characteristic you want to use. Usually companies and, and including academia uh, schools, when they say they are committed to DEI, they they hire based on that so that they can have a certain percentage of everyone, quote unquote everyone, big picture or uh, writ large there, represented. So that's the reason I ask, how do you achieve DEI if you're not hiring on that basis? Well, part of that is, you know, it's where the hiring process begins, Bob. And I'm not an, a human resource expert. Uh, but I can tell you that what, when we have positions available, we ensure to cast the widest net possible, including sharing the information with groups that are underrepresented. Because it's about, you know, it starts in making sure that everyone has an equal opportunity to learn about the position. If you don't have an equal opportunity to learn about the position, then you can't say that you are trying to be inclusive in your hiring. And that's where we start. I can tell you I'm hiring for a position right now, and there has been absolutely no indication of um, needing to meet quota numbers. And that's good. That, that, that I'm very, very glad and gratified to hear that, because that's I mean, obviously to do it any other way would be illegal. I mean, literally a violation of the Civil Rights Act to discriminate on the basis of anything when it comes to employment, just like housing and other things, to discriminate based on appearance or based on sexuality or sex or any of those kinds of things um, 
it, it's illegal in the first place. So I'm glad to know that you guys are indeed following the law because it's important. Um, and, and again, I have no problem with exposing job opportunities to a wide variety of people. I agree with casting a broad net. My whole point is, of course, I would hope that no one, including uh, you know, organizations like yours that are that are funded by and supported by the city um, would be breaking any laws and saying when it comes down to the hiring decision between person A and person B, we're going to go with the underrepresented group because that would be discriminatory against the majority represented group, right? So, Bob, I just want to um, clarify two things. One, we have an amazingly diverse staff at Destination Cleveland, mm-hmm. all of whom were given job offers because they qualified for the position and they bring amazing perspective to our organization. And the the second item is is actually where the clarification is. And that's on how we're funded. Um, Most people don't realize we're actually funded by what's called the the lodging tax. It is a tax that people who sleep in hotels in Cuyahoga County pay on their hotel bill. So by and large, our funding comes from people who visit Cleveland. It's not come from Clevelanders or Cuyahoga County residents unless they sleep in a hotel in Cuyahoga County. So more than 90% of that funding is from visitors. The other, the remaining um, money is from our partners who, by advertising on our website, by advertising in our publications, um, so that's the other 7% of our revenue. So Clevelanders, we are not tax-funded by the city or the county from dollars that are paid by Cuyahoga County residents. Okay, I, I do appreciate that clarification. To the first point, by the way, once again, uh, so you, you are essentially saying that Destination Cleveland is run as a meritocracy. The most qualified person gets the job, regardless of what their background or their appearance is, right? Absolutely. Okay, that's important. Glad to hear that. Second part is, thank you for the clarification on that. It would still encompass, though, you know, greater Cleveland, because, you know, a lot of people spend, you know, evenings in Cleveland or spend weekends in Cleveland, you know, even if they live in one of the outer ring suburbs, and they go in and they're going to go to a show and they're going to go have things and they, and they do have hotel stay. But I do get the point that you're talking about a significant majority of those revenues come from people who are, you know, probably far outside of Cleveland, right? Correct. We, we, uh, Last in 2022, which is the last year that we have visitor data for, we had just shy of 18 million visits to Cuyahoga County. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because, you know, and we, we specifically say that because our funding comes from tax paid at Cuyahoga County hotels. It doesn't come from hotels in the, the contiguous counties. So, um, you know, with nearly 18 million visits to Cuyahoga County, uh, the vast majority of those are from people who live outside of the greater Cleveland area. Got it. Okay. Well, I appreciate that clarification about where the funding comes from. And, uh, and again, congratulations on what I believe to be otherwise a cute ad during the Puppy Bowl featuring that dog running around. But again, the questions about whether or not it was necessarily the right audience in a family-friendly day is one that uh, I guess people can debate for themselves. But I truly appreciate your willingness to come on and discuss it with me. Thank you for the opportunity, Bob. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Emily Lauer, Vice President of PR and Communications for Destination Cleveland. And that wraps up our interviews today. We've had some big ones.